Lonesome Crowded Quest's cantankerous crew filters no speech, reigns in no deeds. We rouse rabble, and we make even grown elves blush. See our episode descriptions for content warnings. Mature listenership advised. Episode 2, For Whom the Belt Holds. The sparks of revolution have fanned into flames in New Litchfield, with a little not-so-altruistic encouragement from Clutch, Esthamari, and Josephine. Billy Ford's name rings through the streets as crowds gather to march on the governor's fortress to demand justice for his murder. The Hereford militia watch from atop the fortress walls, awaiting orders as the great mass of people draws closer. Using the protest as a distraction, Clutch, Esh, and Josephine plan to make their way into the fortress and steal as much of the governor's immense wealth as they can carry. But the problem with taking advantage of chaos is that anything can happen, and our three outlaws may find themselves caught up in forces beyond their control. crowd you have incensed rises up like a river, straining to get free of its riverbed, and you are caught up in its momentum as it funnels you through the streets of the city and down towards the great looming citadel which lies in the far end. You try to break free, trying desperately to get to the edges, but you've done your job too well. People are too upset and the mob is relentless. Up ahead, you can see a great bridge spanning the large train tracks which run alongside of the citadel and lead to the great black iron gates which lead inside. You make one desperate attempt to get to the side, but you cannot, and you are funneled onto the bridge with a mass crowd behind you. It is at that moment that you hear it. A boom, and then a whistle as a cannonball flies mere feet over your head before slamming into buildings behind the bridge, splintering them in all directions. I need you to roll for initiative. 17. 15. 23. Seeing no other option and the doors ahead fast approaching, I don't want to be trampled amidst the panic and we need to get in there. So clamoring farthest ahead of the crowd, I raise both arms out as a warning for everyone to stay behind me, and I say, get back, and I use my dragonborn ability, breath weapon. I snap open my mouth, hyperextending my jaw as the skin of my face, it, it stretches to accommodate, leaving me looking unnaturally expressionless and intent. I retract my tongue in a swallow, and from above my upper fangs and the glottis below, I exhale a jet of translucent white acid at the doors. The acid shoots out of your mouth and hits the metal door, sizzling as it starts to corrode away the door itself. Can you roll damage for me, please? An eight. 
eight acid damage is enough that it corrodes away a large hole. The metal steaming up into the air as the metal deteriorates under the assault of the acid. Through the hole in the door, about roughly man-sized, you see shocked and surprised faces of several soldiers lining up with their bayonets and their green outfits. I am going to roll initiative for them. As a free action, I'm going to announce to the mob, now's your chance, and gesture in toward the hole just to see if we can get some cover on our way in. You hear the guards turn up and yell, they've breached the gate! And as the crowd starts to swell and push forward, yelling and chanting, there's a sound, a distant boom, a whistle. And then explosion as parts of the bridge itself are blown into the air. The shrapnel metal and splintered wood flying everywhere. People screaming as many of the mass of the crowd are just pulverized instantly. I need you all to make deck saving throws. Nice. That's 13 for Ash. I got a 21. Ooh, that would be a nine. Oh boy. How many hit points do you guys have? 27. I only have 25. I rolled exceptionally high. You take 23. Three. Oh my god. You all desperately dive to the side as the bridge explodes underneath your feet. Great shards of wood and metal flying in all directions. Esh and Clutch, you are both peppered with small pieces of shrapnel. And looking down, you can see blood running down your fronts. But it doesn't seem like anything crucial was hit. Josephine, you managed to dive so far with an incredible leap that most of the shrapnel seems to have missed you. And you only have some light bruising from a hard landing on the far side of the bridge. Is there only one cannon, or are there multiple? You are not sure. You could try to make a perception check, but it's it's going to be hard. That's great, because I rolled a 23. You pull yourself up off the floor of the bridge. You're looking around. You can see where the cannon fire from smoke is coming up from the ground and you turn your head it seems like there is another cannon that is able to hit this but you can't see inside it's coming from a slit on the wall fort to your right is there any way i can move into a position of partial cover from where i am sure you would have to move towards the alcove in which the door is set i'm going to in whatever order allows for this cast all three rays of my scorching ray through the door at the soldiers and then take cover. Two on one of them, one on a third. My first attack is a 16 followed by a 15. Hit, hit. And then the last one is a nat 20. Also hits. Roll damage. The first two on the first target are a total of eight damage. And the crit on the second target is a nine damage. I pull my hands together and you can see my ashen palms begin to glow this bright hot heat as a tiny kernel of fire begins to grow between the two of them and then uh, without being derivative uh, as we would say uh, Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha style I go palm to palm and force three separate gouts of flame from between my two hands. The flame flies from your hands in these wide arcs and strikes two of them on one and 
one on the other. Soldiers inside, you hear them shrieking as they fall back, being lit ablaze. They've got magic! You hear one of them scream. Okay, it is one of those guards' turn. After patting himself out, this soldier, a tall man with sandy hair and blue eyes, is going to fire at Josephine, but the gun misfires and explodes in his hand. The pieces falling to the ground. He falls back against the wall and draws his sword. Okay, guard number two. They are also going to fire at Josephine. What's your AC, Josephine? 18. They are going to fire, but they completely miss as you dive forward, doing a small roll before getting back to your feet. All right, Josephine, it's now your turn. Yes, uh, I had been posing behind Clutch amidst all the cannon explosions uh, and dove forward to avoid being shot. Rolling to my feet, I charge through the door and I'll attack one of the guys that Ash hit with my saber. That is going to be an 18 to hit. That hits. Roll damage. 14 damage. And this is non-lethal. The soldier goes for his sword, but you grab his hand before he can even get it out of its sheath and then elbow him straight in the face. He goes down like a sack of potatoes. Uh, I would like to action surge and attack the other one now. Uh, That's going to be a 15 to hit. That hits. 10 damage. Wow, okay. The other one is the one that attacks you. He swings his sword again. You parry. You have a quick exchange. The others, there are six others in this room, but they're all kind of shocked. This is happening in a matter of seconds. They're hastily getting out their swords and trying to aim their weapons that are not meant for combat this close. After your quick exchange, he makes an overstep. You parry, disarm him, cutting his hand, and then charge into him, slamming him against the wall, knocking him out, and throwing him to the ground. I'll brandish my blade. Well, friends, who's next? And grin at them. It is now one of the revolutionaries' turns. A lot of them were killed in the blast. Uh, You see most of them behind you have backed up and have gotten to cover where they've been firing shots up at the people on the walls. But a few managed to avoid the shrapnel and have staggered forward towards the door. One of them is going to take out their gun and fire. That soldier and two others charge you, Josephine, trying to get around you and behind you. The one in front of you eyes you cautiously and makes a few exploratory swings with his sword and rolls a 14. You parry all of them easily, even as his friends creep around behind you for their attack. One of the ones behind you sees his chance and leaps forward to make an attack. And he is also going to miss. As he dies forward, his momentum carries him into you and you easily sidestep, grab him by the scruff of his neck, and throw him to the ground. Just in time to see even more guards rounding on you. You realize you are surrounded by six guards all at once. You hear the swish of a blade behind you and spin around just in time to stop the sword hurtling towards your heart. You knock it out of the way, and it just barely cuts the side of your shoulder, ripping your expensive shirt. A hit! Acknowledged. All right, top of the round. Clutch, it's your turn. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to get my bearings. What do I see ahead of me? You see past the gaping hole that you have burned into these great iron doors, a long, dark hallway with a tall, vaulted ceiling, chock full of soldiers. At the end of it, it splits off to left and right passages heading in either direction. I'm going to get up 
just shake myself back to lucidity and looking around seeing that Josephine needs no help rush inward. I move into the hallway, taking my disengage action, running past the enemy without incurring an attack of opportunity. I'm just, I'm hoping to find a place to hide for a moment. You run past them. They're all busy. Josephine is literally dueling all six of them at once, twirling around with incredible speed, her hair whipping through the air. You dive underneath her blade, underneath two others, and pass them down the hall, and then turn a quick corner. Now you are going to hear another boom as cannon fire hits the bridge. All those on the other side of the wall cower as shrapnel flies, but you are able to dodge it. Ash, it is your turn. So I am still outside the gates. I can see Josephine doing a great job in there, but I understand that I'm not really doing so well. I've got a measly four hit points left, so I need to do something about that. There's no way that I can make it through here that easily. So my question is, it does it look like there are at least two of them who are close to death? Yes, but they are they're unconscious against the wall. That's good enough for me. I'm going to take the coward's path. Hmm. I'm going to look back at the enraged civilians and gesture them with my hand, like, come on, come on, come on. Then I'm going to look around the corner, elders blast in one of them, and retreat back to my position of as much cover as I can get. Absolutely. And that is a 17 to hit. Cool. Also give me a persuasion check. I rolled terribly, but I still got a 14. That's good enough. Um, Come on, come on, come on, you yell as you cast your spell. They see you casting your spell, and they look at each other, nod, grip their weapons, and then duck inside. And you're 17 to hit, targeting the one that's already been damaged, I assume? I'm going to target the closest one to Josephine that's already been hit. All right. Uh, Roll damage, please. And that is max. That's 14 points of damage. 14 points of damage. Yeah, Josephine... One of them attacks, you knock it away with your sword, and he kind of stands back for just a second, and then, poof, a huge part of his chest explodes, and he falls down to the ground, dead. Unlike the long charging up of the Scorching Ray, my cast of Elder's Blast is a little more quick, a little more innate. You see my fingernails begin to glow a dark, ultraviolet light. As I raise my hand and point it to the guards, the light erupting from my hands as it hits the guards, cracks and sizzles, dropping them down. I habitually crack my knuckles and grin at their fallen corpses. As the lives leave the bodies of the guards, my eyes begin to glow with the same indigo light. Knowing this might unnerve my compatriots, I shield my eyes from them. As I regain eight hit points using my Dark One's Blessing ability. Others are going to yell with surprise and fear as they see their comrade killed. Okay, it is now going to be a guard's turn. One of them is going to try to fire at Ash. You have three quarters cover because you were behind the door. Great. So that should add... That's plus five AC. Plus five AC, yeah. He rolled a 18. That is not hit. Yeah, you fire, you dive back behind the door, and you hear, as he fires, and you hear ricochet off the door, just inches away from where your face was just seconds ago. The two civilians are charging into the room. One of them is carrying, like, a massive hammer, is going to swing it and hit. 
and only deal three points of damage. And one of the soldiers, they get just barely out of the way, but it still clips them and they get slammed into the wall. It is now one of the guards' turn. And the guard is going to try to fight that civilian. Mm, he's going to be successful. The guard grabs his sword and stabs upward, going straight through the chest of the man. The man <coughs> coughs, dropping his hammer and then falling to the ground as he pulls him up and kicks him backwards. The guard looks as shocked as his adversary as he falls back against the wall, both hands gripping his now bloodied sword, shaking ever so slightly. By the gods, you killed him! yells another revolutionary, and he is going to take his turn, raising his gun and shooting it, just barely missing the guard against the wall, who is now going to yelp and try to retreat deeper into the fort. Josephine, you are a whirlwind, fighting three at once. They're going to make their attacks. The first two miss. Third one hits, and also very low damage. Josephine's blade is a blur, moving through the air quicker than can be seen. Three guards desperately stab at her, trying to land a hit. Finally, one of them is able to slice through the pant leg of her left leg. Blood slowly creeps down the expensive fabric. I'll run over to the guard that just stabbed the civilian wielding a hammer, and I'll attack him. And I'm going to use a disarming attack, and that's going to be a 23 to hit. He needs to make a strength saving throw, DC of 15. That is a fail. So he'll drop his sword. I do add my superiority die to the damage of the roll, which is going to make this a total of 21 damage. Okay, yeah, that is going to down him. Are you doing non-lethal? Yes. You turn to him, but his hands are shaking. He kind of makes a half-hearted swing, which you easily counter, stab forward his hands, cutting them and making him drop it. I'll whip around to the other guards, you know, keeping my saber up to make sure they don't stab me in the back. And I'll gesture at the guy I just knocked out and the civilian uh, next to him. One of you really ought to get the two of them out of here. Give me an intimidation check. That is a good roll. 15? They all kind of look around at each other, faces ashen. None of them quite seem to know what to do. One of them is going to go over, grab the guy who has been stabbed and is on the floor bleeding, grab him and start pulling him backwards, kind of like half-heartedly, like looking around, like to see if anyone's going to stab him for it. The other one's going to grab their compatriots You get the impression that these soldiers are not particularly well-trained and we're probably not expecting to be in the position that they are. You guys can be out of combat if you want. They're going to retreat. Yeah, they'll give them a little salute and just walk by. Yeah, they grab their fallen and take them down the hallway and then taking a sharp left. You hear another explosion from outside and two more revolutionaries run inside the door, barely catching their breaths. Some of them are cut and their clothes are ragged and dirty, but they are alive. Okay, what do we do? Uh, well, Eshir's idea, man, so where are we headed? I'm gonna walk in behind them, like finally walking through those rusted, corroded doors. All right, friends, civilians, countrymen. 
we're going to uh, do what I like to call the easy way. What I'd like us to do is just make as much noise and chaos as possible. Your job is to distract their attention. See, here's the thing. The danger here is those cannons. Those cannons, they are mowing you down. They are crushing the souls out of your bodies. But there are no cannons in these hallways. We need to get as many of you in here as possible and just occupy them, distract them, prevent that cannon fodder from happening. The more distraction and chaos there is, the more of you can get into these halls, and and, and then, then, the odds will be equalized. Obviously lying through my teeth that we just need distraction to route the faults. But, uh, hold on a second, if we cause a distraction, we're gonna get shot. And what are we causing a distraction for, exactly? Why? That is for us to sneak in there and take the governor himself hostage. They're going to kind of look around at each other, shaking their heads in agreement. Okay, so what do we need to do exactly? Like I said, we just need to get as many of you in here as possible. We need you to occupy the soldiers, fight them tooth and nail. I mean... You don't actually have to engage them. You just need to keep them chasing around, cause a commotion, run around corridors, make them follow you, chase you, hide in rooms, pop out at them, scare them, do whatever you can to keep them occupied. Go in there, ransack, light some rooms on fire, take the soup from the kitchen, spill it all over the floor, make the floor slippery. I don't exactly know. We just have to cause as much commotion as possible. Roll persuasion, please. 22. They all look at each other, nod. Yeah, they're right. If we are able to take the governor, we can make some real demands. You're doing the collective, we're doing the bargaining. It's going to be beautiful. They're going to turn and run left down the hallway. As soon as most of them are out of earshot, I'm going to go over to Clutch and Josephine and just say, that's not going to end well, so uh, we better make a move on. Clutch, how are you doing? (coughs) I felt better. (laughs) You probably felt worse too, though, right? Not acknowledging Josephine, I'm I'm going to cast Disguise Self. So I reach for one of the many wounds now decorating my body, and I, I pop out a shard of wooden shrapnel, take a little bit of the flesh from underneath it, and use the texture of my tongue, pressing it into the roof of my mouth to create a paste with the muscle fiber. And I spit it back into my fingers, spread it on my face, and as I do, my appearance transforms into one of the guards who just attacked me. You do have a gruesome way about doing that. Oh, yeah, Clutch, I don't know anything about magic, but there has got to be a different way of doing that. What do you say we uh, get out of here? I think that's a great call. In a sharp contrast, my friend, I am going to wipe off the grime of the battle as well as my visage, turning into a, albeit shorter, version of a guard. I'm going to straighten my hat, make my collar, make sure it's popped perfectly. All right, prisoner, you're coming with us. Big shit-eating wink right at Josephine. I raise one eyebrow at Ash. And then I'll shrug amiably and finish adjusting my popped collar and march on down the hallway. You want to go to the right or follow them? Let's go to the right. You guys turn down the hall and just go a little bit farther. There are doors that line the hall on the right. But on the left, as you walk down the hall, there's just a doorway, no door, that opens up into a truly beautiful sight. These big looming stone walls rise up the inside of the walls of the fort. 
And in front of you, you see, in the middle of the fort itself, a huge white mansion. This is extravagant, with beautiful carved wooden filigree and huge pillars that wind themselves around the building in between huge arched windows over ten feet tall. In front of the building is a massive, extravagant garden, the likes of which you have never seen before. There are rose bushes of every possible color that create pathways that wander through across the lawn, broken up by massive statues of white marble, all of them of three things. A old, large woman holding a pug. A pug as an alternate statue, or a large, jowled man with very fine clothing also holding a pug. All of them are looking upwards slightly, their eyes looking down at you through their upturned noses. The eyes themselves are glittering emeralds, and the emeralds are set into the stone daises that all of these statues are set on. <laughs> man, all this money, and this is what they do with it? Now that is what I call a mansion. I mean, uh, I've probably seen better, but uh, not recently. Totally uninterested in the overly manicured landscape, I scan around instead to to look for any other guards on premises or what the present defenses are looking like. What do I see? There are definitely soldiers. You can hear them running around and talking above you. They all seem to be yelling and firing. They don't seem completely preoccupied with you yet. Although you assume it's only a matter of time until they realize the doors have been breached. I look over at Esh and Josephine, gawking, and I say, Hey, you two. Okay, I'll get my head out of the roses. So, uh, I suppose we can sort of walk up to the building fine, but I'm not liking our chances of just conversing our way through this whole experience. No offense. Should we try to sneak in through a window or something? Yeah, sure. That window looks good. I point vaguely towards the house and then start moving through the garden using the hedges as cover. Yeah, everybody roll stealth checks, please. 14? 15. A 7. You guys are carefully walking through the garden. Everybody being careful. 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 Then clutch, you hear something. A growl. A high-pitched And you turn and see some bushes rustle. You step back, and then something charges at you. A pug, yapping and barking as it runs at you full throttle. It leaps up and intends to bite you, snapping at you, making a lot of commotion. A man is going to turn the corner. A guard was in the garden and shielded from your sight behind some bushes. Whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Who are... Are you guys supposed to be here? He's going to look between Esh and Clutch, both of whom are just disguised as guards. I didn't know we had a gnome. Wait a second. Who are you? He's going to take out his gun and point it at Josephine. Who? Me? Plain clothes. Can't have everyone dressed up in uniforms all the time now, can we? Wouldn't be very effective. <laughs> so funny. Deception check. Ooh, okay, that's a 15. Well, what are you guys doing in the garden? I was told I gotta check everyone that comes through here. Uh, we took some casualties on the front line. We're just walking it off, and I'm gonna look at Clutch, who has fucking taken some casualties on the front line. 
<laughs> I am gonna hold the butt of the dog in one arm uh, at the bend of my elbow, just force the forearm that it has, its jaws are around, toward the back of their mouth so that it'll release and let go. Yep. Yep. It completely benignly, and then just pet it, and using my primeval awareness, I'm just going to communicate friend. Yeah, absolutely. You start to pet it, and the dog immediately calms down. Oh, well, uh, Rue knows you. He's not, man, that dog isn't nice to anyone. He's bit me six times in the last three weeks. I mean, he bites me all the time, just I don't really mind it all that much. But what I do mind is extended conversations in open areas when we are presently facing an imminent threat. So, if you would not mind. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, go right ahead, guys. He's going to stand back and stand at attention. Thank you. I'll give him a little tip of my hat as I go by. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how the dog is like acknowledged that this officer is its friend, and now Clutch has to hand this dog back to the soldier. They probably doesn't like nearly as much. <laughs> oh, oh no, no. I, I'm keeping the dog. Like, I'm keeping the dog. This is valuable. I know it's valuable. Like, to, to be clear, I'm not putting this dog down unless I have to. Okay, you guys head through the garden. Again, carefully, you can hear the shots and the yells going on outside from the fight. But you finally reach the house. I'll, uh, take a look. You know, scope out a window that looks like it'd be easy to maybe climb up to the second floor. See if there's, you know, a spot where there's easy ledges to grab or, you know, a column to shimmy up. There's about, like, a three-foot ledge that runs all the way around the house on the second story. The second story is quite a bit up there, though. It's 15 feet. That's fine. I'll climb. Yeah, roll an athletics check. That's going to be a 26. Yeah, Josephine, you just free climb this shit, grabbing it with your incredible grip strength. You grab two pillars, one in each arm, pulls her way up, then just reaches up, grabs the lip, and then looks down at you, does like a one-handed pull-up real quick, then drops herself back down, pull herself with both hands up onto the ledge. Josephine! Can you, can you pull the window up? Sure. I'm going to glance in the window. Is there anybody inside? You look around and you can't see anybody. Although you do hear slight murmuring. Maybe a voice? Is the window latched? How does it open? It is latched. You can see it on the inside. You might be able to jimmy it. I'll pull out my parrying knife and see if I can slip it between the window panes and flick it open. Make a sleight of hand check. Rolling hot. A 21. Yeah, you take your parrying knife out. Just kind of jiggle it. Opens the lock and you pull open the window. I'll throw a rope down. Taking the rope in my one available hand, I feed it through my knees and alternate awkwardly but effectively as I'm going up. You look back and see people firing and the sounds and shots of the cannons up, up on the parapets and then you dive inside the house. You merely see where the talking is coming from. There is a long, long hall with an emerald green carpet and emerald green tapestries lining it. And the breaks between the tapestries have these massive person-tall paintings 
is a portly woman in a green dress glowering down at you. You look down the hall and see the backs of two soldiers at the top of a staircase discussing something. Look, I'm telling you, Bert, you gotta be gentle with this thing. Like, he knows that he's gained this weight. You need to be open and, and willing to help and non-judgmental or else he's not going to change. Yeah, you know, I'm just worried about his health. You can hear Bert say, I mean, since we've been married, it's just, I don't know, man. Is there a way to go that is not towards these guards? There is indeed. You guys back down the other side of the hall. Every once in a while, there are doors with thick, dark, finished wood that kind of dot the hallway as you walk down it, away from the two guards chatting with each other. I'm going to kind of peek back at Esh, nod my head towards one of the doors, and see if I can open it quietly. It is open. Gingerly, Josephine. Gingerly. You guys open the door, push it open, and sneak inside the room, shutting it completely. I'm always ginger, Ash. What have I never not been subtle? You guys appear to be in maybe a guest bedroom. A huge four-poster bed is in one corner with, you know, very luxurious and fluffy pillows and comforters. Um, There's a small vanity, a little desk. In general, the place feels very unlived in. Think he has any secret passages with secret treasure? Yeah, do we see any doors for adjoining rooms? There is a door that opens into an adjoining room. Is it back toward the other guards, or is it... It is, yes. There's a hallway. There, one end of it. You are at the other. You took a right into one of the rooms. On that room, there seems to be a right towards another room on that same hallway. It's just a room towards them. I suppose we better push further. Are there any paintings in the room? There is. There is one of a small dog on a little cushion bearing its fangs. Is Clutch currently holding that dog? It seems very similar, if not the same dog. <laughs> I, uh, I lift up Rue, look at Rue beside the painting, look back up at the painting, look back down to Rue. Yeah, let's, uh, I like where your head's at, Josephine. Let's, uh, let's scope out and see if there's any other, uh, exits in this room that are a little bit more clandestine. So yeah, I think I'd like to look behind the painting, look behind any cupboards, cabinets, objects that are large enough to conceal a hidden door. Okay. Give me a perception check or investigation. You guys can all make it if you want. Not super hot. Ooh, mine is a total of a 21. Damn. Yeah, I got an 8. 20, but dirty. Yeah. You guys, you guys start feeling around. Ash, you're like poking like a vanity, but the other two, you know. When super, super rich people make secret passageways, they don't want to, like, I mean, furniture comes and goes, right? They don't want to attach the furniture. They want a part of their very expensive wall. Perfect. And after knocking, you hear hollow sound. You feel around on the wall for a little place where it can be pushed in, and you feel a latch. There's a click. And you, a door pulls open, leading to a passageway. The walls of the passageway itself is unfinished. You're just walking through the other side of the walls. I'm a genius. Clutch. You, yeah, sure, sure, you had to hand it up, but uh, I'm a genius. And then I'll walk through the door. All right, let's find some treasure. You guys walk 
through the hallway. The hallway is dusty, as the backsides of walls often are. Um, and you have to hold your breath, essentially, not just cough. You follow the passageway forward a little, then to the right, maybe 30, 40 feet, until you get to a door on your left. I press my ear to it. You hear nothing. That is a good sign. Can I see any light coming from underneath yes. the door? Yes. Is there any shifting in the patterns indicating that someone's inside? There is not. Okay. I think I think it's empty. Let's do it. Perfect. I'll open it. You open it, quietly pushing it open. You are in a beautiful room with these hardwood floors cut into different patterns. A desk on the wall to your right with an open window from which you can see and hear the, sh- the kind of distant shots and yells and firing various weapons. As the revolution you have sparked continues to bubble over. To the left, there's another door. You don't know where, but you assume it's heading to a hall back in the direction that you came. But it's the thing in front of you. A huge open vault. Inside of it are jewels and jewelry. Massive paintings that you assume are expensive, although I don't know how much any of you know about paintings. But most importantly, you see just a ton of solid gold bars gleaming, stacked up in one corner. I'm going to look at Clutch and Josephine and give the like finger gesture that indicates, like, tread very carefully. I'm going to kind of look down at the floor to see if there's any kind of tripwires, traps, any sort of a physical object that could cause us peril. Give me a perception check. I'm going terribly. That's a seven. You don't see anything. I slowly advance into the room. I let Ash take a few cautious steps, and then I'll just cross the floor to the vault. I'm going to take the pack off my back and just, with a big grin, stretch the top of the bag and just look at it appraisingly, and then look back over the gold pile. You step into the room, and that's when you hear a voice. I knew you disgusting, low-life degenerates would do anything you could to get your grubby hands on the things I have worked so hard to get. You turn toward the corner, and there's a shimmer As an illusion falls away and a man becomes visible as he drops out of clearly some kind of invisibility spell. The man is short, 5'4 at best, but man is he wide. His stomach falling over his belt and the buttons on his shirt gallantly taking a stand to keep things in check. He has a large white sideburns that come down his face and up around into a mustache, hiding his jowls. His clothes are a deep emerald green, matching the carpets perfectly. Very fine and expensive, but most importantly, he has in his hand a massive gun. The dog in your hand is going to squirm and get out of your grip, dropping to the ground and running over to his owner where it sits happily at his feet. You didn't really think that my dog would would just side with you, hmm? You don't understand the art of breeding dogs, do you? 
Can't say I do. I don't make much sport out of watching animals fuck. You talk degenerately, too. (laughs) I am going to make an example of you. I am going to march you out there so that you can tell your disgusting little friends exactly who you are. Low-life thieves. They'll finally... (laughs) He's going to fall to the floor. His arms splayed out, his gun dropping from his hand. Rue is going to look up in confusion. Uh, governor? I'll cross the room to the governor and prod him with my toe. He does not move. Governor? You were saying about the marching is out? I'll prod him again. Check his pulse, though, just just to be sure. We wouldn't want him waking up and calling the guards halfway through. I'll crouch down beside the governor and check his pulse. It is completely flatlined. Huh. I'll turn to Ash and clutch in bewilderment. Did he just fucking die on us? Seems like a classic case of too much pudding. (laughs) He has died. You are almost certain it is a heart attack. It is at that exact moment that, sir, have I got good news for you. Those riders are on the run. We got... Ah! By the gods. They've murdered the governor! May the road go on forever, and may the horizon never come. Lonesome Crowded Quest is Peter Howells, the Dungeon Master, C.L. Giordano as Clutch, Bailey Paw as Josephine Clearwater, and Bjorn Peterson as Eshthamari Himmelblau. Campaign and world design by Peter Howell and Bailey Paw. Score and main themes by Bailey Paw, with additional music by Peter Howell and Bjorn Peterson. Project management by C.L. Giordano. Editing, production, and graphics by Bjorn Peterson. Opening narration by Jay Peterson. If you want to support the project, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash lonesomecrowdedquest. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform where you can support creators with monthly donations at a range of different levels. Hell, maybe we'll even make some tote bags like the old public radio days. We have a wonderful array of Patreon rewards from adventure packs and dungeon master advice to blog posts and live play sessions, and even a few extra special slots where you can have us fully score your own D&D campaign. And the more support we get, the more bonus rewards we can provide. Plus, you can join the ranks of people like Mary E. Bryant, Ian Howell, Maggie, Cooper Smallage, Scott Howell, Katie Taylor, Jay Peterson, Jeff Holland, Benjamin Miller, Marissa Fisher, and Steven Salois, and get your name mentioned at the end of the show. Stay tuned for our next episode, Train Spotting. <laughs> <laughs>